This edition of 100 Not Out proudly brought to you by the 2019 Greek Island Longevity Experience in Ikaria. Join Damien Christoph and myself for 10 days on the island where people forget to die. Live with the locals, drink the wine, eat the food and discover the longevity lifestyle with a select group of like-minded people just like you who will become friends for life. Activities include stunning hikes, cooking classes, essential oil workshops, festivals and dancing, grape stomping and wine harvesting, village hopping, beach days on the Aegean Sea, farming and foraging with the locals and so much more. For dates, details, highlights of previous events and to apply, go to 100notout.com. Group size limited to 16 and applications processed on a first-in, first-served basis. TheWellnessCouch.com streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you and this is one of my favorite experiences of the week. It's when I get to introduce the co-founder of the Wellness Couch and the Wellness Guys. He is my brother from another mother. It is the very mysterious Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, legend. Hello, PZ. I'm very interested in what we're doing today. I'm. Um, it's very rare that you keep me in the dark. Very rare. In I fact, am. Yeah, I am. I've said, well, I'm not telling you what we're going to talk about. And are you okay with that? And thank you for being one of my best mates and actually trusting me and going, yeah, okay, I'll let you get away with it this time. <laughs> no, mate, it's very easy to trust you. I know you wouldn't throw me under the bus. Well, often. we and, travel around uh, the world together. We're only, only once, only once or twice a year do we throw each other under the bus. But one place we won't throw each other <laughs> under the bus, Damo, is in Ikaria because this episode yes. proudly brought to you by the 100 Not Out Longevity Experience in yep. Ikaria. It's the Greek island where people forget to die. We are over there from September 4 to 13. If you are looking for 10 life-changing days on the other side of the planet to see how the epicenter of longevity live, this is an island of 7,500 people that experience... Uh, 25% less cancer, 50% less heart disease, 75% less dementia. To find out why, come and join us. Apply over at 100notout.com. Now, Damo, um, you've been uh, hosting- I'm a little bit nervous. No, no, that's okay. I'm not going to get into that topic yet because I actually okay. haven't spoken to you all week. So, I want to just do a little bit of uh, friendly catch-up, which I'm sure people are always interested to know as well. How did you go with Kale Brock recently in Melbourne? You had um, an evening all about gut health. How was that? Yeah, it was excellent. We had um, just under 210 people turn up wow. to this uh, little event in Sandringham uh, at the Sandringham Yacht Club. Kale spoke on um, strategies to heal the gut. I spoke on the gut-brain connection, uh, leaky gut, and what it actually all means. And, and, you know, essentially, I suppose what we're sick of is uh, people profiteering from creating problems. Um, and so we see people doing gut cleanses, gut detoxes, gut anti-parasite, you know, programs, all this sort of stuff. And, in you know, in in reality, most of that doesn't need to happen most of the time. So just because you find something doesn't need, mean you need to, you know, go and kill it or murder it or rip it out or whatever, you know, just because you've got a symptom doesn't mean that you've got to take drastic action. So we spoke about the concept of nurturing and nourishing the gut as opposed to the concept of uh, dropping a nuclear bomb on it and uh, expecting it to rebuild itself. So... We, um, we we approached it differently and people felt very refreshed and confident and, you know, excited about it. And 
it's the approach that I've been using for a number of years to help people with their gastrointestinal function. So, and Kale, you know, has kind of gone full circle because when I suppose when he was first introduced to the garden, he was learning about parasites and all that sort of stuff. He also wanted to get them out, but you know, realised not too long into his process and into his you know journey that you can actually just make the environment better rather than actually blasting it. So teaching people that was great and I felt good about it. Kale felt good about it. It was a really successful event. Well done. Well done. And I know uh, the night wasn't recorded. I saw the email going, look, the only way you can get this information is by coming, um, which I always think is important. That's the old-fashioned way of doing events, Damo. I love it. The only way to get the event is to attend the event, be an in-real-lifer. Um so, for people that haven't uh, seen this content before, uh, how can they, you know, is there going to be another one? Can they, do they have to keep on listening to snippets of 100 Not Out to get their gut health information? Uh, what can they do? I think the last one that will be shown, uh, well, the last event that I will be speaking at with Kale, with the gut, will be uh, in Sydney. So, there's a gut event in Paddington in Sydney. Um, but I don't know if this podcast will be out by then. So, it's Saturday week. So, it's Saturday the- What's the date? Um, yeah, no, it might be the sixteenth. So unless this goes out on Monday, no one will actually know. Well, we've got Synchronicity Part Two that was released on Monday. We can't separate that, but can't. No. Anyway, we can't. all we're saying is that in real life events are really, really important, and we can't rely on social media and blogs and podcasts and all the rest of it to make the significant changes in our lives. I bet you, Damo, that most people that attended your night uh, on Monday uh, have made more changes uh, in their life or in their philosophies than just by listening to a podcast or reading a blog or seeing a post on social. And so, that's my big thing. I congratulate you on doing live events because I have great respect for people that make the effort to do it and and provide a community service in many ways because that's what they are. Yeah, I agree. Like I, I think a live event you can't beat. Uh, live events are absolutely uh, still imperative and, uh, you know, when we look at the cultures around the world that successfully age, I love saying that line, when we look at the cultures around the world that successfully age, they maintain engagement and it's not through text messaging, it's not through MMS, it's not through Messenger, it's not through Snapchat, it's not through Instagram, Facebook, anything like that, it's in the flesh, it's in real person. Yeah, so, well played. Can't beat it. Can't well played. Beat it. Now, speaking of uh, cultures that age well. I was listening to a podcast uh, yesterday and I'm reading a book by Seth Godin at the moment. It's his latest book called This Is Marketing and whenever I am reading a book, the first thing I want to do is go and listen to interviews of the author uh, on podcasts and so I'm uh, searching in my podcast app for Seth Godin. I start listening to an episode. This is on a podcast called The Beautiful Writers Podcast and they ask him a question about his life. He's written 18 books or 19, you know, books and uh, asking about his business success. And anyway, they start talking to him about the past. And he talks about um, an example of his one of his, his first businesses. He had 78 people on the payroll, 78 staff, contractors, whatever it is. And, and he lived a very adrenalized business life where he would make payroll by three hours. And it was a major... Some people might call it a major stress. Some people would call it a major adrenaline rush. But what Seth had the courage to say in this answer just just recently on the podcast was, you know what? Even though my life's not like that anymore, I actually really miss those days. Those days of 16-hour work days, you know, long nights, uh, fast pace, you know, uh, you know, diabolical deadlines, all of the adrenaline almost like of youth. 
And he said, I've never told anyone that before, but actually really, I, 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 there's, there's parts of me that miss it. And it got me thinking because I was like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm 37. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that I'm, I'm not 77, but I used to live this adrenalized life, particularly I reflect on my radio and TV days where on a, on a footy show day when it was the day of the footy show and that was on a Thursday, I'd get into the office at 7 in the morning, the footy show airs at 9.30 at night live, finishes at say 11, you know, we're talking and debriefing to 2, 3 or sometimes 4 in the morning and it, it didn't make any physical, it was not good for my physical health, it wasn't good for other parts of my health but geez, I love those days, I, I absolutely love those days but... I'm so glad that I don't have those days anymore, but a part of me misses parts of that. So, I thought, well, you and I, we love to connect on our podcast every now and again. Do you, at this stage of your life, when we talk about cultures that successfully age, I know this is a really long introductory comment and question here, but the pace of life and the pace of change and reflecting on those earlier days and in the recent episodes of 100 Not Out, we spoke about how you were building your business, particularly in New Zealand and the rest. Where do you sit in this pace of change conversation? Such a great question, PC. It's a really great question. <clears throat> and uh, and even as you're asking that question, your pace of vocabulary increased. Like you were asking oh, it, yeah. like, like heaps, of, <laughs> heaps of words in that first eight minutes, 15 seconds. Like <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I – and so I'm purposefully trying to um, – I'm I'm, re- I'm purposefully being conscious around how much time I'm spending doing things, um, which which has been working for me. Um, so it's the seventh of February as we record this, and I don't mind you know date stamping this. I'm sorry to do that. No, I'm happy for that to happen. Date stamped it seventh of February two thousand and nineteen when we're recording this. Um, I changed my phone phone over on the third of January um, two thousand nineteen, and I haven't signed into Facebook. Um, on my phone. And, wow. Wow. And people still say, oh, you're on social media all the time, and I beg to differ because that basically means that, um, you know, they don't know that I'm not because I haven't been on there. Um, and maybe from time to time from my computer um, or from my laptop, I'll post something like that's um, of benefit to people to read or to take action on or to look at or listen to, but – I'm just not sharing much and that's really, you know, kind of quiet my my life down. But I've had quite a reflective period of time. You know, Jackson's graduated from high school. Um, He's got into his university course. He's moving out of home and moving to live on campus. And so – and then Amber and I are are moving to a smaller home, so we're downsizing. And all of this is kind of taking place and I'm kind of going, well, this is all good. Um, I'm also conscious of how much time I'm spending on forage and how much time I'm spending in Vita. Um, I had a, a, a complaint uh, from APRA um, towards the end of last year in December that kind of, you know, shook me a little bit. And I thought, you know what, like I kind of might just back off a little bit. So, um, you know, I've made some changes into the way in which I'm communicating um, information, um, even to the extent that, you know, I'm very deliberate with what I do and don't say now. And so it's it's been a very, very interesting time. So, I'm backing off and backing out of um, franticity and the pace of it. Like I, I look at it and I look at what I was able to pull off and what I was able to, you know, generate in terms of um, output back in 2004, um, maybe 2003 as well, through 2008 when I was living in New Zealand, 
And uh, and now I, I look at where I am now, 11 years, you know, being back in Australia, 12 years being back in Australia, and I think, you know, I'm, I don't miss that pace anymore. And I'm happy, you know, just kind of chugging along. And and maybe I need to bring youth or some, a 30-year-old into my business to kind of, you know, get things you know, cranking at a fast pace again, but I'm enjoying a slower pace. Well, that last comment is interesting, but I feel that the beautiful word that I think you made up there, franticity, I love. Hmm. Um, let's just roll with that for a moment. Is hmm. it? Is it? Um, do you think that as you get older, and I, and when I say you, I don't necessarily mean Damien Christoph, I mean human beings, do you believe, as someone who is just a little bit older than I am, that as you get older, you are able to... Um, I don't want to say be more productive, but you can you can still create a great quality of product or service. Um, I don't know if it's going to say in less time, but in a different manner where you don't require that adrenaline rush and that franticity in order to create whatever it is that you're creating. Do you think that as you get older, again, for all of our listeners, that there is a level of, I'm not sure if it's wisdom or coolness that, or just a bit of perspective that allows you to still create great things, but just in a mm. different way? It's very interesting. I, you know, I've often reflected and, and looked at those with longevity in our industry, and it's the older ones with longevity. Uh, and look at all the young guns that kind of come through and shake it up and try to make a million dollars overnight and all that sort of thing. And um, punch out a heap of books and be pretty for a little bit or do whatever else, do some yoga, meditation, whatever it is. Um, and it's good and it's cool while while it is good and cool and then all of a sudden it's not. And so I kind of go, you know, people like Cindy O'Meara who's been around for a long time, um, you know, she's kind of – it's just time at the crease. So Yes, yes. Um, and – and I, it's not that there's not opportunities for me to collaborate with people that are much younger than me, um, but I'm quite cautious of doing that just because um, it, that you, I, I've got maybe more, I don't know if it's a, a scepticism about uh, what it is that I do, um, but I, I'm probably more, I'm definitely more deliberate in what I'm doing at the moment. And I think also too, when you're 30 or 20 something, you you feel like um, anything you do has the potential to um, have unbelievably massive impact. Whereas I suppose now that I've tried my hand at quite a few things, I'm kind of going, okay, well, there's a few things that I can have big impact on. Um, and so why don't I concentrate on those few things as opposed to concentrating on the everything that might have, um, you know, big impact. So it's just, it's that ability to be deliberate, I think. Yeah, it's interesting. That's a really good. That's it's so good that you bring that up. I was just again listening in this uh, Seth Godin interviews. He's talking about you know drop the drop the New York Times and replace it with having a meaningful impact on the lives of one thousand people. Yeah, um, and yeah, I think, which is kind of what I'm that, doing. Is that an age? I don't want to say is it an age thing because you know twenty one year olds could have that insight. Sixteen year olds could have that insight. Ten year olds could have that insight. But do you think that that is that is a learnt? Is that is that something that you think that we perhaps learn that over time because we experience what it's like to kind of want to change the world, um, but then you recognize that you can really only do it one person at a time. Mm. Um, do you reckon that's an age thing? Yeah, maybe. Or maybe it's an experience thing, but I, I don't know. I, I still love one to many. I love that whole concept of one person speaking to many people. Yes. Um, hence the reason why I love being a chiropractor in an open plan space. You know, like I, I get to communicate 
to many people over a short period of time, and it's kind of drip feeding Social information. Social environment, yeah. Yeah, it's drip feeding information in a community-based environment, which I really enjoy, and so I love that. It's probably the reason why I really enjoy doing forage stuff is because I get to drip feed information, um, you know, through people eating breakfast, um, but also doing seminars. So I, I love that. That's that's good fun. Um, and the reason why I love doing podcasts because you know you and I get to talk, or Brett and I get to talk, and it gets you know broadcast to tens of thousands, if not millions, of people around the world. And uh, and it's that one to many concept. So I really I like that. Um, but I also am really conscious and mindful of the fact that there's only a certain number of people that will properly engage uh, with me and so and can po- properly engage with me. So they're the ones that I'm probably more interested in spending time with. So, um, you know, people who come and see me in practice or people that reach out to me, you know, via email or whatever or people who are coming to our events, PC, you know, people who come to Ikaria or, or those sorts of things, I love that they take the punt to do that. Mm. And, and so I want to commit to them. So all of our, you know, previous, you know, Ikarian adventurers, um, you know, I love that they reach out to me. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, and the relationship is, is completely There's different. There's a relationship. Yeah. What about, okay. what about this conversation around pace and uh, symptoms and, and disease? So I have this general view that many people are going too fast for their own well-being and one of the consequences or one of the wise signs or feedback uh, mechanisms from the body is a level of of symptoms and sometimes the body's whispering and if it needs to, the body will whisper a lot louder and then it will start kicking and screaming so that people um, get the hint. Um, What part of pace of life do you think contributes to physical health? I think it's it's huge. I think it's huge, and I and I reflect on it all the time. Like I looked at the warning warning signs back in two thousand and say seven when I was getting chest pain, doing television, working a practice, and studying full time, and flying back to Australia to see Jackson and Amber. Like I look at that pace of life and the quantity of content that I was punching out at that point, while still trying to appear sane on the outside. <laughs> You know, I reflect on that and I don't think I was very sane. Like, but I, wasn't I really that don't. also the time when you, uh, and you've told this story, I'm not talking out of school here, where you would, you were so protective of your um, public image in terms of your diet that if you, what was it, you know, you wouldn't eat at certain places because you had such yeah. a profile in NZ? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, people like Pete Evans or George Columbaris who have a profile, um, in the media, as much as their profile is bigger because it's an Australian-based profile, my profile was similar to that in New Zealand, um, and they are the same. They don't eat out or, you know, Pete's become particularly more private, you know, since, you know, being in the media space. So, yeah. um, I, you know, I probably I probably did that but tried to still maintain, like, high profile. It's very, very difficult. So, you're kind of very conflicted. So, um, the, the whole pace of things is disastrous on your health. It's, it really is. Um, you know, and you do get symptoms, but the insomnia or the lack of sleep, um, it may not be insomnia, but the lack of sleep, you know, you can talk yourself into thinking that you only need four hours worth of sleep a night or six hours of sleep a night. But the reality is, is you probably need more, you know, in order to be healthy. Um, you can get by doing it and, you know, just with gusto and determination and 
uh, and motivation and maybe even inspiration you can push on through and do it with less hours sleep but you don't give your body an opportunity to rest and repair so um, that does you know, create even, a ticking time bomb though doesn't it that, it that does. willpower that is essentially the creation of the of the bomb yeah and I was talking to a great mate of mine just before who's pulling out of a business um, and has sold his farm and you know we both baked for Richmond and so we've had our highs and lows and uh, but we've well, I was still talking to him before I got in this podcast to record with you, Piercy, and we're both reflecting, you know, both of our sons finished year 12 last year. His oldest daughter just finished university. Um, and so we're at a stage of our lives where we go, okay, um, what is it that we really want to do? Like what do we really want to do here and, and, how, and how do we be um, comfortable and happy and um, on purpose, which I think is important because – you and me have been talking about purpose and engagement and movement for a long period of time, and uh, and it become it's probably now more so than ever that it's revealed that that's really what I want to be doing. So, it's ten to fifteen hours worth of golf a week. Um, that's my movement. Um, I'm very purposeful uh, about where I go uh, and what I, and what I'm doing. So I have a purpose in and around spending time with Amber and Jackson and in my practice and at Forage. Uh, you know, that's I'm very on purpose with that. And then from an engagement perspective, I still stop. So I'll stop and have conversations with people and, um, and I maintain the engagement, with, you know, within Jackson's life. So I, I want to live those three strong principles of successful aging. Mm-hmm. And in nowhere, in no culture around the world that successfully ages, um, do they try and run multiple businesses with heaps of stress? So mm-hmm. I, I've decided that that's not what I'm going to do. So I'm just going to change a few things. And that is um- – I think that's the interesting thing about you mentioned the word stopping. I think that's one thing I, I think I learnt in a really um, clear and obvious way in Ikaria is when they come home from work, they do stop. They sit down, they talk to friends and family, have a meal, have a glass of wine. They go on the down ramp, you know, and they don't ramp up. So many people I feel they ramp up at night and you hear it a lot you know when my kids go to bed that's kind of when i really ramp up i'm like i get it i'm not i'm not saying that i, well, well, don't, I haven't we'll, and we'll don't, don't do that myself that, yeah. yeah every now and again um yep. but there's you know just this is this will be a sound like a ridiculous example but it's just very fresh in my mind is that last night um when I was reading the kids a story uh, for bedtime, I was like, you know what? I'm, I checked in with myself. I'm like, I'm really tired. And then I reflected on the last three days. I was like, yeah, I've, I've had a bit going on. So, when the kids fell asleep, I went to sleep. So, I think I fell asleep at probably 8 o'clock, 8.30 last night, which 10 years ago, there's no way I would have done that. That would have just been completely unacceptable behavior. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I got up Absolutely. at 5 o'clock this morning. I'm like, well, that's, however, that's 9 and a was eight and a half or anyway, it was a decent a decent chunk Good of sleep. sleep. Great sleep. Um I wouldn't have done that if I hadn't gone to a place like Ikaria where, you know, there's kind of no there's no rules in that there's permission for everything. I also remember in Ikaria like if the the cows were if it's the calving season, well then and, and they know one of the cows is giving birth. And unlike any farmer that's listening to this podcast will know, there's sometimes when the work doesn't stop, but they are exceptional times. They're not everyday occurrences. That's like yeah. there are seasons when you do have to pull an all-nighter or you do have – and that can even happens in parenting, like your child's sick and you don't get any sleep that night and, and that just happens. Like, But I think uh, we've – I think in some ways we've lost that art of that evening pace that being somewhat different to the, the daytime pace. Yeah, I agree. 
I agree. So I'm hopeful that in our next house that we're moving into, um, we'll create that that evening pace. And but it'll be a very deliberate thing to do. Well, it's also different um, that you know when you're talking about the the future for you as well is that when you're talking with your friend is that you do have one less complicating factor and that is that you do have one less person living in the house. It's one less yeah. schedule to be marrying up with your own. It's another. It's a daily. It's a it's a, a daily ease where you're not having to think about oh, I've got to finish work early to go pick. You know, um, in this case, Jackson up from training or get help him get the train or pick him up from the train or you know what I mean. Like there's just one yeah. less complicating factor which which changes the pace. So it's um it's a fascinating conversation. I'm glad you were open to talking about it and um and and thanks again for for sharing the ins and outs of your daily life. Great man. You're welcome, PC. Good good conversation. Nice little chat. Thanks for listening and uh, thanks for bringing it up. So it's, uh, it's an interesting little reflection and uh, good that. Good old Seth was uh, pointing you in that direction. I think it's good. It's a good thing to reflect on. Yeah, and, I, and we encourage you, our listeners, to consider where are you at in in the pace of your life. Um, where are the areas of your life where you feel like you want to change pace? You might want to ramp up, or you might want to ramp down and, and slow things up a bit. Um, consider your lifestyle and where you can make those changes. And you know, our encouragement is to have the courage to make those shifts. At least rent them, give them a go for a day or a week or a month, see how you go with it, and then consider what um, what changes you want to make on a consistent basis to your life. Really hope you've enjoyed this edition of the 100 Not Out podcast. Again, if you'd like to know more about our Ikaria 2019 trip, head on over to 100notout.com and apply. To find out more about the great man, head on over to damienchristoff.com, myself, marcuspierce.com.au. Big shout out to everyone who makes this podcast possible, our editor, Joseph Tomo, Rosie Garner, who does our social media. Open up a whole new world that is podcast to your friends and family. Show them how to listen to 100 Not Out. Show them how to listen to any podcast on the podcast app on the smart devices that they have handy. Uh, Make sure you give this podcast a five-star rating in the iTunes store. And until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.